podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to check out new episodes every Wednesday and every Sunday. Hello and a very warm welcome to the late-breaking F1 podcast hosted by Harry E and me, Samuel Sage. Now, you might be tuning in as a regular listener and thinking there's a normal name missing from that. Now, you haven't woken up in a nightmare. This isn't some alternate universe. Mr. Benjamin Hocking, or late-breaking light, as we'll be referring to him for this uh, for this show. Yes. Yes, of course. Harry's very happy with that. Uh, he's, he's, on, he's having a day off. He's just not here for today. And I think, frankly, he's never missed an episode, to my knowledge. Uh, well, he has, because we just, he missed that one, we, we oh, did a 50 minute episode. We're not counting that as part of the podcast. We oh, don't right. exist. Has really. he never missed, ever? Oh, he has got a life. Oh, sorry. I mean, sorry, <laughs> he, he goes on holiday and he brings the equipment. To, he doesn't trust us that much that he brings it on holiday. That's fair. And the only reason he isn't with us today is because he's in Berkshire. He's literally on a train, so he cannot do it. Yeah, Berkshire Ben. Berkshire Ben, as we will refer to him today. We've got a packed schedule to uh, to crack on with. I thought you were thinking, going, this is going to be 15 minutes of pain. At least an hour. Hour and 15 minutes of yeah, pain. Yeah, you're going to have to... Come on. Buckle in, folks. Right, and the best bit's coming right at the end. We've got a new game for you today. It's called Real or No Real. Very much in the same theme as Noel Edmondson's... <laughs> Neil or No Neil. <laughs> <laughs> Deal or no deal is what it's actually called. We're also going to be talking about uh, Christian Horner's quote saying that there's not enough room for 10 teams to be on the grid. Are we discussing that as total rubbish because he make a very valid point? We're also going to be looking at Formula One has sent out an invitation to all tyre manufacturers to put themselves forward to become the sole provider for Formula One tyres. So maybe Pirelli could be stepping aside. They've been around a little while now. Maybe we could have a new provider. Who knows? We're also going to be discussing Lauren Rossi's comments about where Alpine are going, what they're doing. He was not very pleased. We'll get onto that. But we're going to be starting off with the wonderful Mexican Minister of Defence, Sergio Perez, because apparently he's come out blasting Red Bull, saying that he's determined to have an internal investigation, saying that Max's equipment is much better than his own. There is simply no explanation why Max is so much faster than himself. Harry, what do you think to these immediate claims? Before I answer your question... Uh, I'm just going to make sure I give you a nud for when we need to do an ad break. That's a great idea. I'll, We're together on this, We'll mate. do a code word. Sandwiches. I will forget that. <laughs> just <laughs> say sandwiches at you. I'll just go, you hungry? <laughs> is it dinner time? Just remember sandwiches. Um, yeah, look, this is... The, uh, uh, Sam did this schedule, so we've gone for the more, more, more explosive headlines. You know it. <laughs> rather than the, the genuine stories here. But well, it's a real story. You no, can go it, online and find it. It is a genuine story. I'm really, I'm really teasing. Um, yeah, some some odd comments from Sergio uh, on that one. I think maybe uh, I don't fully know when these were actually taken. I'm assuming it was after the race in, in Miami, but, um, uh, you know, in the heat of the moment. But it's he's he's got... His equipment's pretty good. It's better than most people's, isn't it? Better than my equipment. <laughs> good. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, but it, his car is actually pretty good and, and it's a match for what Verstappen's been doing. So I, I don't quite under, well, I don't fully understand where, where he's coming from on this one. And if, again, quotes may be easily taken out of context, but if he is uh, having a pop of the team, 
That's, I don't think that's a good idea, Sergio, mate. No, no, not, not ideal. Not um, ideal. He's, he's taking a proper pop at the champ, isn't he? He's really hitting the headlines with this one. You really think that he's, what, 16 points off the top of a championship after five races. It is the best season he's realistically ever had. Yeah, well, right. two wins out of five races. Yeah, and he won the sprint race, didn't he, as well? So Three wins. If you count there, that as a real win, ben, ben wouldn't. He's exploded. Ben. Thanks, Ben. That's all for you. Um... Yeah, so I mean, the equipment he's got is absolutely sublime. It's one of the best Formula One cars we've ever seen, Grace the Grid. Um, you know, whether you want to call it the most dominant F1 car of all time, that's yet to be seen, of course. We'll leave that debate for you folks in the Discord, which you can join. The link's in the comments. Plug. Yep. Anyway, um, I, am, I, I feel like this comes across as a little bit of a sore loser comment. You know, he's had a bit of a, a bad race there. He knows that maybe the audience is looking at him going, you managed to lose this spot from your teammate who's asking in ninth place. But realistically... There's no disrespect to Sergio. I think he maybe needs to take a deep breath, calm himself down, get back on the horse for the next Grand Prix and start focusing for what's to come. I will be absolutely baffled if there really is some kind of internal you know, hierarchy of, of information and kit and... In, 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 that, 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 that. It's good, Agreed. isn't it? It's gone well. Agreed. You know, research that's going all towards Max Verstappen and isn't going towards Sergio Perez. Um, what was very interesting is it appears that at Baku, where Sergio really thrived, yes, it's a, a street circuit, but at the same time, there seems to be a real lack of practice and on-track running available for the drivers. And maybe Sergio just is much better straight out of the bag, whereas someone like Max Verstappen, that once he's really honed it in once he's really got the car where he wants it to be fully settled on the nose how he likes to drive it quite oversteery um he, he's so rapid we know how good max verstappen is he's almost you know unbeatable on his day i'd argue there's maybe only five or six drivers in history that at their peak at the moment could really come across and beat max verstappen sergio perez is up against an unmovable object he is inevitable with on max verstappen and i think the fact that he's having a bit of a whinge unnecessarily i would think and it really shows a lack of faith. We had the comics come out, of course, after the Miami Grand Prix that he wasn't receiving the same amount of information throughout the race, which... And Anthony Davison started that one. Like, that just feels a bit bizarre. I mean, there was a, maybe he missed a bit of a radio comments, but Christian Horn has come out and immediately said, I don't know what everyone's on about. We were giving him the gap every single lap. And also, uh, Perez strikes me as one, uh, as a driver who doesn't like to be on the radio all the time. Whereas, yeah. and I know they obviously will do Max messages more than Perez messages, but for, for the TV, that is. Um, but I think Max, you, you heard the message in the race when he was like, what about this? What about this? And GP's like, just do the driving, mate. Yeah. I'm looking at it. Yeah. I mean, they all go through different phases. We've heard Lewis Hamilton, you know, driving for his absolute life. And, you know, Bono will come on the radio around the corner and he'll go, please stop talking to me in the corners. Man. Please, man. I'm going to crash the car, man. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes they'll just go, shut up. I'm really focusing. Please be quiet. Go away. And I think you're right. Sergio has never been a chatterbox on the radio or it's never been broadcast to us as the viewers that he talks so frequently. So I guess I think a little bit's got under his skin. I think this loss has got under his skin. I think he was coming into this weekend on a bit of a, a high, had some, you know, momentum behind him, had great motivation. He's thinking, I'm in the title fight here. And he's been well and truly bodied a little bit, really, by Verstappen. Yeah, he, I saw a graphic earlier of Verstappen's uh, lap times on his hard tyre stint, and they're just all the same. Was it graphic? <laughs> For Perez, For Perez. It, would, it would be. They just It was like a bar chart and all the, like, all the lines... Oh, just the Flat. same level. <laughs> the tyres never got old. Uh, yeah. 
So we, I don't think, yeah, I think it's just, we've seen before Verstappen can make uh, serve tyres last pretty well. And Perez used to be famed for that. Um, but Verstappen, I think, might just be a bit bit better at it. Yeah, I agree. I just think that, you know, realistically, you're coming up against one of the best you've ever done. I get that you want to win a title. Everyone does. It's why you're in the sport. But keep your calm. Be consistent. Go into the next race and feel confident. You're still only 16 points off the top. There are, you know, not to be rude to Sergio, but there are drivers who have we have thought more realistically likely to win a title that have been further away from the top spot at this point and have kept their cool. So um, I was a little bit shocked when I saw the headlines. Um, do you think that Red Bull realistically would ever actually do something like this to one of their drivers? I mean, it is Red Bull. They've been known for their slightly interesting culture behind the scenes. They did take Mark Webber's front wing off his car that was the better front wing and give it to Sebastian Vettel once, which is where the not bad for a number two driver comes from. Fact, man. Fact, man. Was it a stat, but it did actually happen. It did. Uh, but again, that uh, that was a bit dodgy, to be fair. But I don't, I don't know. I don't buy that. I don't buy that at all. And I think Sergio has, has established himself in that team. I know it's still Max Verstappen's team. But he's, he's well established there now. Yeah. He's won ra- races for them. He's helped them get a championship in, well, he's been integral to both championships, basically, um, but particularly in 2021. So I don't see, I don't see them favouring Max. I just think Max was, was just really good. <laughs> he's quite good at the F1. Well, I mean, he was really good in Miami and, and I, can, I can understand why that's, that's hard to take, but lashing out at your team isn't going to... It's not going to win you any favours. No, you're right. It would make sense in a season where, you know, in um, 2021, where Verstappen was up against Hamilton and, you know, neither teammate were in the fight, that you might focus all of your research and upgrades on the driver who is directly in that fight with another team. That makes sense. But when the, the championship is obviously down to just your two drivers, the glory is coming back to your team regardless. What's Horner got to gain by giving it to Verstappen over Perez, really? Well, exactly. Not a lot. No, none. I, I yeah. I know Red Bull culture's got his uh, some downsides. Issues. Downsides, yeah. Basically, Helmut Marco. Um, but I think for the most part, they are they're very fair on their drivers. I feel like everyone's going to come after me for that, but I genuinely, I genuinely believe that. I think it was the same at when Ricardo was there. I know they were a bit savage with Gasly and Albon, but that was more about their performances, not about were they given equal equipment. Mm. Um, and the same for same for back in the Vettel Weber days to a, to a large extent. So yeah, I don't. But I don't buy it at all. Sorry, Sergio, mate. You're talking rubbish. A lot of rubbish. What a load of rubbish. Put it in the bin. Recycle it. Bring it out next race. It's something positive. Yeah, get back on that horse. Shall we move on to the next topic? But yeah, what is it? Oh, it's about Lauren Rossi and Alpine. Oh, baby. I know. Well, we all thought they were snickering away. Not like the chocolate bar, but like like giggling. That's a problem, mate. Too many Snickers. <laughs> Got a bit chunky. Too many marathon bars. When were they last called that? Before we were born. Yeah, literally never seen one on the shelf. <laughs> so anyone that is old enough to have seen a marathon bar, did you enjoy it? Let's know. Is it better than a Snickers? Is it the same thing? I think it is. Anyway, um, Laura Rossi, obviously the CE, the CEO. Yeah, yeah. Of Alpine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, has not been very pleased with the performance of Alpine at the start of this season. We're a few races in now, and I've got, I've done, I've done my research. With Mr. Ben Hocking not here, I've done my research. Oh, no. Since Renault slash Alpine rejoined Formula One after five races, 
This is how many points they've had each year. Oh boy, here we go. Feel the trend, folks. Feel the trend. In 2016, after five races, they had six points. 20, sorry, which one? 2016. Oh, that's not a good year. It's not a good year. Gets a little bit better. 2017, 12 points. Oh, doubles. It does more than that now, folks. You wait for it. Big year for Renault. 2018, 41 points. Yeah, looking good, right? You're thinking they're on an upwards trajectory. Good Lord. They're flying. They're going to be up there with the big dogs. Um, but we come to uh, 2019, crash back down, 12 points. It's not good. But then it's like a trampoline. Once you hit the bottom, you go straight back up again. 20, 20, 2020, we're on, 40 points. And like a trampoline, you come back down again for the bounce. 2021, 17 points. But then your mum's gone, come in for your dinner. So you've got to like slow yourself down a bit, haven't you? Where are we going? 2022, 26 points. Okay. 2023, 14 points. It is their third worst year since coming back into the sport. Do you think he's verified? Do you think it's correct to turn around and say there's going to be consequences for how bad this start has been? Yes, because uh, as we've said before, Alpine are just in the same spot as they always are. Yeah. You did do a, uh, a pump the brakes about this, didn't pump you? Pump the brakes. Um, it's, it's, so it's justified. And I'm, I'm convinced they must have they must have been all smug around him and he thought they were going to win the championship and, yeah. then, and, then, and then this happened. Do you think the false promises that we secretly feel like have been discussed are maybe giving him higher expectations? Yeah, he's like, oh, well, this is this is our year, guys. Top two or three, here yeah. we go. <laughs> here we go. Got rid of Alonso. It, it, we didn't get Piastri. Piastri. It's a big year. We got the sausage guy. We got the sausage guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Les sausages. Uh, sausage Les sausages. I'm going to have to look it up when you make your point. I think it is saucy song. Sorry, French people. Uh, yeah, so justified. But the problem is Alpine just keep getting rid of people slash losing people on almost a yearly basis. And I, I don't know if a big shake-up now is the is the right thing to do. I mean, Otmar is on year... Year three? Two, only on year two. It's only year two. I feel like he's been there forever. It does feel like he's been there for a long I mean, time. A lot of drama happened last year. Yeah, that's true. That aged me. Um, and him. Uh, so I, you, I'm not sure it's worth, you know, massive reshuffles quite yet. Um, but yeah, this is a quite, a quite a scare tactic, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, if my, not just my, like my line manager, Ben, but my big boss, I don't know who that is in Kirsty. this world, Kirsty, producer, said there's going to be consequences. I'd, I'd shiver my timbers. Sure. <laughs> oh. I have shivered my timbers. I, my timbers are well and truly shivered. Yeah, I, um, so, yeah, it's, it's, I don't think it's time for a complete change because they've changed so much over the years. Anyone remember Cyril? I mean, I thought I saw Cyril, a beatball, on the tube the other day. Did you? I literally was like, oh, you know when you see someone you think you recognise? And I was like this. Oh, everyone spotted. Uh, literally. <laughs> and I was like, if he looks at me now, this is going to look weird. But I was almost like, that's Cyril Abitbull from Renault. Are you Cyril? I was like, show me the tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so they, they, they're, going, they're going through personnel. And actually, because 2021, they had the... Um, what was he? The guy was he from MotoGP? Was their team principal sort of an acting? Team? Weck, maybe Weck. I can't remember his name. This is when Ben would be like, "Well, no, that's your job. You're good at this stuff." I don't remember this guy's name. I'm useless. Anyway, the point being is they've had a lot of change in a very short space of time, and I think they're going to have to wake this one out a little bit. 
and not just make another rash rash change because they've they've got gone for bold changes before and decisions like let's get Daniel Ricardo on oh, no, a he's left let's get Fernando Alonso on oh, no, a he's left oh it's a bit of a trend let's get Piastri on oh, no, a he didn't want to come didn't even arrive <laughs> so uh, yeah I think for now um, yeah, let's Alpine just just chill out a little bit it must be better in Miami steady the ship steady the ship what ship references going on I today no um Sam sandwiches oh I'm not done with my point yet thank you it's sandwich time well okay we'll find out what I think about the Alpine situation after this short break stay tuned <laughs> We are back from having our lovely snack. We've enjoyed our sandwiches. And uh, I'm going to tell you what I think about the Alpine situation. Harry, I completely disagree with you. Oh, no. I know, right? For once, we've got a disagreement on the show. Um, yeah, I think, yes, they have had a lot of changes over the last five or six years since they've rejoined the sport. But, you know, whether it's be a short change or a big change or a small change, whatever you want to call it, it hasn't worked. They're not getting the results they need. And I think that sometimes maintaining the same status quo if you think oh it might get better you might just be prolonging mediocrity 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 <laughs> honestly the hosting business is getting to me mediocrity um, I like that <laughs> mediocrity and I don't think that's good I don't think it's okay to kind of go oh it's alright at the moment maybe it'll get better I mean unless behind the scenes of course Otmar's got some kind of genius plan that he's you know showing off to the top dogs and they've gone you know what okay this makes sense but I think you look at someone like Aston Martin who were struggling. They were in, what, 8th, 9th, 8th, 9th, 7th, 6th. It's never got up into the top half, really, since they've rejoined the sport. Um, rejoined, like they were here frequently. <laughs> haven't been here for at least 50 years. Um, <laughs> did like six races in 1954 or something like that. And then it's, hey, we're back. Yeah. We've rejoined. My point being here that old Lawrence didn't see a lot of promise going on in the first season or so. And they had a big shake-up. They brought in a lot of old heads in Formula 1. They brought Mike cracking And come on, Come on now. And, um, you know, they went, no, keep the soundboard away. <laughs> um, they've also, you know, they went and got along so, which was great for them. And they went and nabbed staff from other big teams. You know, they went and stole Red Bull staff. They, they, Sebi Vett first. Uh, they did, right? They, they went out there and they made a statement of intent. They said, we want knowledge. We want expertise. We want people that will drive us forward. No pun intended. So, you know... Thank you. That was a good use. Anyway, my point being here is uh, a statement was brought out also the other day by Lawrence Stroll that said that, you know, interest in Aston Martin road vehicles has gone up about 70% since the success of this year for the Aston Martin team. If that's not an incentive to go out and spend money and advance your Formula 1 team for someone like Alpine, who is a much lesser known brand, of course. Remember, they are almost the, the premium Renault brand is what they are. And if you're maybe outside of Europe... You might be very unaware of who Alpine is apart from now, this Formula One team. You might have never heard of Alpine before this. So if you want to grow your brand, if you want to grow the success, if you want to keep the the sales of your, your key car, the A110, I believe, is their kind of flagship car, which, by the way, retails for about the same price as a new Porsche. Catchy name. Right? A110. Ooh, is that the new A110? What's well, fair. You say, is that the new Porsche 911? Point taken. Yeah, good. BMW M5. Um... Anyway, my point is, if it's working for Aston Martin, employ the same tactics for crying out loud. Steal people. Steal people and put yourself on the bloody map. 
honestly, you've got the brand to do it. Alpine are a cool brand. You look at their road cars and they are cool looking. They're very unique, very interesting. They really... Renault has a reputation as much as, you know, Renault is a lifelong brand. It's been around for God knows how long. And they are very good at things like rally. They'd be very good in there trying to make a comeback in general, more premium areas of road use. They're very much known as a affordable family first car. Alpine is this sporty, high-end, priced up car that, you know, why would you not want these rich Formula One fans, and there are many of them, to go out and be, that's your car of choice, Alpine. And they're not doing enough. I think they need to go away and have a huge shakeup. French Toast is leaving. Get him. I thought he meant he was leaving Alpine. I was like, I didn't know he was there. <laughs> How's he well, done that? French Toast, ironically, leaving France. It's just called Toast now. Is he, is he French? No. Actually, Franz Tost. I know, He's Austrian, isn't he? Okay. I mean, I don't know if that's true. He could be really French toast. It could be. It's not. Anyway, the point is, he has been a brilliant little manager for someone like Alpha Tower, but very much had his wings clipped, not being able to kind of, you know, flourish and actually lead a team. And that's, that guy's got so much experience under his belt. He will be able to bring in so many great people around him that I think that, what's Otmar doing? Really, what's he done since he's joined Formula One? Uh, and we're just talking with, obviously, the Aston Martin rebrand that happened, and now with Alpine, but before that, I mean, Racing Point 2020 was good. It was, yeah, yeah, it was all right. That was, that was... But he was also part of the instrumental change into Aston Martin when they were then rubbish again. Also fair point. So, as much as I think, okay, you're right, shaking things up too often can cause a lot of confusion. Uh, you know, there's no lack of organisation, no direction. If it isn't working, I think it makes more sense to change it up to get a better result. Because you look at some long-lasting areas, you know, the likes of Ferrari, you had Bonotto in there for a while, and they tried to stick behind him for ages. It wasn't working. They weren't getting any closer than what they already were. So it's okay if something isn't working to shake it up. And I think Alpine need to. I think if they want to further their brand publicly, not just in Formula 1, they need to see success. And I don't think Otmar's bringing it to them. So you're getting rid of Otmar? I think that Otmar's gone if they do not see some serious improvements by the summer break. By the summer break. I reckon that's when, I reckon he may not be fired by summer break, but I think the decision will have been made by the summer break. And you will put? I will put, I will put French toast there. The Frenchest toast. If not, they should have gone for James Vowles. It's too late, but that's who they should have gone for. I was going to say, he's got a team. Uh, But yeah, just steal people. That's how it works. Why, why not though? Everyone's aware that it happens. I think you're a bit silly if you don't literally like a little, you know, like in the Sims where the burglar turns up at your house with the bag. Stop putting engineers in and run away. They all live near each other anyway. Yeah. They're all down, well, to be fair, Alpine isn't, but all the rest of them all down the road from each other. Yeah. Well, they're not far. Endstone, where's that? Um, don't, let's not embarrass ourselves. I'm right, that's British geography as well. <laughs> it's in the Midlands somewhere. Yeah. So, you know, they all even need to move. Nah. Exactly. Good. Come on, Alpine. Still people. Fire up, Ma. Still people. Take a risk. Sell more A110s. Please. Or give us one and I'll advertise it for you. We'll put late breaking stickers on the side. I think that'd be really cool. I think any car with late breaking stickers on would be cool. Why hasn't your car got one then? Why's your car not got one? Mine's already green. Mine's already black, the other key colour of our brand. Ben's isn't white. That's a shame. We could make a cool little lineup. <laughs> Stupid polo that he drives. Anyway. Um, uh. So yeah, so we're going to do maybe a little bit of Liska's messages now, I think. Sure. Yeah? We haven't who's, done one for a little while. Who's going first? Uh, you can go first. Let me just tell everyone what it's about first before we crack on while you get your little message up. 
Um, essentially, folks, you guys have had some brilliant experiences, funny, interesting, heartfelt, wholesome. So we wanted to bring your messages to the show for hundreds of thousands of people to hear, because quite frankly, you're quite regularly more funny or interesting or more well-versed and travelled in the world than we are. So we wanted to make sure that you are heard. Now, you've got the first message. Who's it from? Hazza. You want to you crack on? Everyone's second favourite, Harry. Um, yes, yeah, so Hazza, this was this came in a little while ago, so sorry, Hazza, but, you, you know, we've been getting around to it. Uh, he says, me and my wife uh, went to spa last year and had champions access, which in spa means you can literally walk into the Formula 2 slash Formula 3 paddock where they maintain, maintain all the cars. That's cool. Also, we had free booze. Oh, yes. Rock on. That was me saying that, not Hazza. We agree. Anyway, on Saturday night after the F3 race, I'd had a few beers to say the least. It's Sounds just, like a great time. This is classic Hazza. Should have got him to read it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the F3 cars rolled in and one Manuel Correa parks up. A p- if you don't know, he's a racing driver. Yeah, if you're unaware, he is actually a very good racing driver. Yeah, despite, you know. Also, brilliantly say. got through rehab after a very traumatic event. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so Juan, Man- Juan Manuel Correa parks up a few feet away from me. As a follower of the feeder series and my wife being American, we have followed JMC for a while and are big fans. So I went up to him and he got out his car and asked for a pi- and asked for a picture. He did. <laughs> oh my god, he must have recognised Hazza. Uh, is that Hazza from the like breaking podcast? God. No, I think I think <laughs> I think Hazza means that he asked JMC for a picture, but you never know. Uh, which he politely said yes to. Now, being uh, a bit starstruck and having had a few beers, I then got nervous and mentioned, one, I just wish you would score a few more points in my F1 my my team save. (laughs) To which he looked confused and said, I'll try, thanks. Not sure if fantastic or awful, but I'll never forget it. And then he has sent in a picture of himself and JMC. JMC. It's a lovely photo. He looks very handsome. He looks like a man who's just been told to get more points on his... Hello, mate. Being a fan of yours for a long, He's long time. He's literally just got out of the car. Yeah. Of actual racing. Good job of actually racing. Um, just, if you could, score more digital Step points up, in my own career mode. Pull your finger On out. the PlayStation. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's a lovely story. Thank you, Hazard, for writing that and taking the time. We've got one more that we want to read out. And this is from someone who I dubbed the Discord mum the other day. Why? Because she's so lovely. She's oh, always right. helping everyone. Got you. Yeah, this is, you've got real dad. Discord mum. Discord mum. This is F1 Swifty. Absolutely love this little story. Uh, here we go. So she says that this is a story of unknown loss and opportunity. My husband works for AMD. If you don't know who AMD are, they are a computer kind of chip brand, right? Make a lot of processors and stuff. And worked on the Threadripper project. Also one of the coolest names for wow. a project of all time. What is the Threadripper project? I don't really know, but it sounds awesome. Wow. Anyway, he was invited to Maranello, where this event took place in 2018. AMD was a Ferrari sponsor at the time. He got to drive a Ferrari road car on the Maranello track and saw an F1 car, which it being 2018 means it was either Seb's or Kimmy's car. I mean, that's cool. Cool Cool as it is. I'm sure he went to whatever museum they have also. At the time, I didn't even know what F1 was and could not have been more uninterested in going despite being invited. Now I'm this huge F1 fan and would have loved to have gone. My husband still isn't much into it, although he'll ask me where Mercedes is ending up since that's who AMD sponsor these days. If you do go to a Mercedes event, take us with you. What, your husband? Yeah, because he doesn't care. No, exactly. We'll come. We will. Anyway, that's from uh, F1 Swifty, a.k.a. Discord Mum. Lovely little story about, you know, a, a huge loss there. <laughs> a huge loss. It is a huge loss. I've lost a Ferrari. They don't have AMD as a sponsor now. 
no thread wrappers for you. That's the problem. Uh, anyway, should we uh, should have a, should have a sandwich? Uh, sure. All right, we're going to go for a quick snack. And uh, after, we'll be talking about tyres, which is good fun, isn't it? Sure. Good. What's your favourite sandwich? I have lots. Chicken stuffing. <laughs> I think we've done this on a beer with breaking, actually. Yeah. Uh, that's save for Patreon. We've got... Shut up. Go to the ads. It's not chicken and stuffing, actually. I ate it. <laughs> Right, hello, welcome back from the break. <laughs> That's how Ben starts every time. Right, hello, welcome back. I'm not Ben. Beef's doing the podcast We're now. getting a fresh new look on the show. Hello. Hello, it's me, Sam. Right, we are talking all about tyres, uh, but not in the sense that you might think we are. We're not talking talk. classic compounds or anything like that. No, we're talking <laughs> providers. Pirelli have been around for a long time. When did Pirelli start? To which time? The current time. 2011. There you go. Well done. Very good. Facts, man. Facts, man! <laughs> yeah, very good. 12 years. This is their 13th season, I believe, in Formula 1. God, they've been around for ages. It feels like they've been around even longer than that, though. I'm not going to lie. Does, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Anyway, we've been through a lot of compounds of Pirelli tyre. They've had some ups, they've had some downs, they've had some exploding tyres along the way where people thought they wouldn't explode. But the tender for tyre providing is open. And Formula One has expressed a, an open invitation to all tyre manufacturers to submit a, an offer, a deal, on whether they would like to be the exclusive tyre providers to Formula One. And this doesn't mean that Pirelli are going anywhere. It doesn't mean that they've lost the right. They just want to make sure that they are seeking the best option for the grid, for commercial rights, I assume, for money, money, money. And this is going to be coming in in 2026. Harry, initially, how do you feel like Pirelli have been um, since they started in 2011 again? They've had some ups and downs, which I think you've already said. I did mention that, yeah. Yeah. Um, overall, I think fine. They 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 have done, they probably do a better job than we give them credit for. Having said that, at the moment, and we've done a lot of tyre talk. It's important. That's how the cars go around on things. The only four things that touch the ground. Um at the moment, though, there's, we've already discussed, discussed this, but there's there's issues around the difference between the tyre performance and hard tyres and doing a tyre race distance, and it's, it's dull. And they've also had issues in the past where tyres just explode. Yeah, it has happened. <laughs> that's, that's not good. No, quite a few races where they've literally just, just popped. Just popped. Um, so that's not great. And I, that doesn't happen too often, thankfully, but, it, you know, it's still, it's still not amazing. But then having said that, we've also had some some fantastic races because of Pirelli tyres. And I, I probably hark back to 2011, 2012 era um, when when the racing was, well, it was, I don't know, racing was different. Um, but the strategy around around tyres was was mega important, whereas now I feel like it's, it's not as important as it used to be. Yeah. So it's a mixed bag when it comes to Pirelli. I think what's going to work in Pirelli's favour. And this is why I say they they have probably done more good than bad for F1, is that they're willing to to have tyres that aren't optimum tyres for the sake of a of the show of Formula One. Mm. Whereas uh brands like Michelin, and I think they've already Michelin have already come out and said if we're gonna do the tender, we're not 
you're gonna have tires that work the whole time and that is it yeah that's boring that's well dull apart from safety obviously that comes first but like i it, mean that, but yeah when i say work i mean like they yeah. they don't really degrade like i mean michelin do do the WEC uh, endurance series they do, so yeah. Yeah, they're used to making tyres that just just work all the time. Which is ironic because Indianapolis 2005. Oh, let's not go there. Literally, mate. Um, so I, yeah, so what I'm saying is, I think this that that sort of works in Pirelli's favour because I think they're probably the manufacturer that is most willing, susceptible to 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 make tyres that don't necessarily reflect well on Pirelli. Because you've got to think that they're trying to sell, t- they're only doing this to sell tyres in the real world. I must admit, before Formula, before 2011, really, I don't know how old was I, I was 16, I would, I was really unaware of kind of big tyre brands other than maybe Bridgestone and Michelin. Yeah. Again, because of Formula One. So when Pirelli came along, I was like, who, who are these jokers? Who are you, mate? And I was like, wow, okay. And now I, now I remember looking at getting my tyres changed in my old car and thinking, pair of Pirelli, set of Pirelli's on there? Yeah. Don't want a pair. You need four, <laughs> you need four tyres on your car. I can't afford them anyway, so that's fun. <laughs> good um, yeah so look I think Pirelli will, will be kept on because this isn't the first tender we've had no. uh, in the in their 11 year or how many years do you say 13 now I think this is their 13th season, 13th yeah. season my math serves uh, me in their 13 years um, so they've sort of survived it before and I think it's because of those reasons I think they're they're willing to do things that other tyre brands aren't willing to do that sounds a bit weird but you know what I mean it's a really conflicting relationship, isn't it? Because you're right in saying that, you know, their end goal is for, to raise brand awareness and sell the product that they are putting on these cars, tyres. And yet it is so conflicting because they want to show reliability. They want to show good performance. They want to show that tyres can go for a long time. And a Formula One race, in theory, it's a lot of miles in a Formula One race. True. You know? So on your road car, that looks great. But from a holding on to the, the commercial rights, the advertising that you get for being a, available to be shown as the lead brand in, in a, an enterprise like Formula One, you need to also provide entertainment. And so in theory, that means that your tyre has to almost do the complete opposite to what you want a tyre to do. It needs to degrade quite quickly. It needs to show lack of grip. It needs to be difficult to warm up occasionally. Um, maybe in changeable conditions, it's not ideal. And then all of those things that you look at as a road user, you go, I don't want any of that. I want it to just be consistent and good. Just do tire things. Just be rubber on the road and not fall off, please. Anyway, I don't think they've done enough to keep the relationship. Ooh. It's not been bad, but when you said about, you know, when it was the best strategy of racing we had, 2011, 2012, that's the first two years they were here. True. And it, it's never been good, really, since then. They've had so many different compounds. You remember the Ultra Soft or the... Hyper Soft. Hyper Soft or the Mega Hard or whatever it's called. <laughs> Super Hard. Um, Stop. I don't know. My point is, I feel like they got it right the first two years that we were here. And in terms of entertainment value, we got a lot for it. I, I, on that point, I'll, it's they are still to blame. I think F1's slightly to blame as well, but they've... Stop letting the drivers say things about the tyres. Yeah. Because at the end of each year now, at one of the like practice sessions, you'll see the drivers testing out a different compound that's going to be used next year. And the past few years, the drivers have been like, I hate these. Yeah. And then Pirelli don't use them. No. Just... If you didn't tell them, it's like a placebo effect. You yeah. just put them on the car next year, they wouldn't know. No, exactly. So this is my point. They've shot themselves in the foot slightly because we're getting these tyres that can last race distances because we've... 
Pirelli and F1 have listened to the F1 drivers. Of course they're going to want that. They don't want it unpredictable. They want the grippiest tyre for the longest time, yes. obviously. Uh, but as a viewer, we want multiple stops. We want tyres that will run out of grip on a wall and suddenly you're, you're falling off the racetrack. It's great fun to watch a driver suddenly go over the finish line and then go, wait, I, I can't make it round it very quickly again. Um, I can't remember what track it was now, but that happened to... Remember the intermediates got worn down to the fact that they were almost soft tyres by the end of the race and they were driving around on slicks because the rubber worn down that much. Is that like Turkey or something? Yeah, something like that. Very interesting though. Yeah. My point is... I don't think they've done enough for the excitement of the Formula One brand. And that is what Liberty is all about now. It's all about creating a thrilling show every single race weekend. Which I, you know, whether you agree with or not, that is the direction that Formula One's going into. It is all about high octane entertainment. You turn up every race and it's not boring. Something new is happening. And the tyre providers within that are crucial. So you look at something like Indico, that's Firestones. God, they go on about them. The Firestone Reds. The Firestone Reds. I don't really know what one is what, but because they never explain it before the race. I, in my head, I assume Reds are soft. So why? But that's only because our slicks are Reds. Our soft tyres yeah. are Reds. That's the only reason I think that. Um, but, you know, those tyres are, they're all right, pretty consistent, but you never really hear anything about, it's all about fuel, really, in IndyCar. Of course, they still have refuelling. But their refuelling is our tyres. You need to have a reason to come in, change your strategy, you have to adapt. And I just don't think they're delivering on that excitement factor. And I think this is a real chance for someone maybe slightly smaller in the tyre world, maybe like a Hankook. <laughs> Look at me go. <laughs> a good year. Haven't seen them for a while. No, I mean, good year used to do it a lot. They used to be like sole, sole manufacturers. Exactly. For a well. you know, and maybe even someone like a Bridgestone. Sure. You know, there's loads of options. And there are loads that I haven't even mentioned there. Um, Yohakoma. Is that yeah, another one? Yeah, it is. I look, think that's how you say it. Look at me go! Avon tyres. I mean, I'm being blinded by the sun here. Avon tyres. You look really nice. Thank you. <laughs> Angelic. Angelic, yes. Um, golden hour here. How in many the... more brands of tyres can we name? I'm wrong out. I won't get a lie. No, I've got them. Good. Brilliant. Anyway, so there's loads there. I really do think this is a big opportunity. I'd love to see a brand come in, go big and say, we want to put entertainment first. Obviously, safety doesn't even come into the you know, conversation because it's always paramount. It always comes first. But in terms of the race they want to provide, the tyres they want to give, I would like them to almost cut out the Formula One driver and go to FIA and to Liberty. We care about entertainment and safety. They're the two things we want. So to make an entertainment, tanging race, this is what we're going to do. I just don't want a hard tyre that can go 51 out of 52 laps. I don't want a soft tyre that can only go three laps. And I don't want one medium tyre that can go three quarters of the race and it's job done, you know? It's boring and it's the same every single time. Tyres are a great way to create strategy and it's a great way to create variation in a Grand Prix. Make it variable, but make it an option for success. I really do think this is a, a big opportunity. I, I hope Pirelli either step up or get out. Yeah, I mean, stop consulting F1 drivers on any of the and teams on teams, any yeah. of the rules. Too much power. Um, I not to keep being like rose tinted uh, spectacles on this, but the 2012, 2011 ties, 2013 as well, when they literally would just fall off a cliff in terms of performance. That's what I mean. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, I love it. I love the fact that they, you know, Ben was saying this on the most recent podcast before this, and I, you know, I'll, I'll tip my hat to Ben because he does come up with some good ideas. You know, occasionally he says something good. Where, you know, we, we all said that two stops are brilliant. You want to have, you know, a hard that can run all the way to the end, but you're a bit, you're quite a bit slower. Where actually you could do three stops and put on softs every single time and you'll finish the line within a, finish at the line within a second of each other. That's exciting. Can I, I also think this, this issue has come about only very recently because I think back to like 21, 
2021 or 2020 time, even 2019, we had those those occasions, uh, mainly Hamilton versus Verstappen, where... It was once a season, though. It, 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 yes. I mean, it happened in 2021, it happened a couple of times in, in like Spain and France for both drivers, where one did a two-stop and one did a one-stop yep. or three-stop and a two-stop, because the, there was that difference between the tyres, whereas no, you just... We're just we're on the old one-stop train every race, and it's boring. And those those examples that you just brought up are some of the races that I remember when you think back to those seasons. Every single time, there's some of the few that jump to my mind every time. You know, Spain where Verstappen was hunting Hamilton down, Hungary where Hamilton was hunting Verstappen down. It was so exciting to watch them go and on that fresh tire every lap. Now, Lewis qualifying laps every yeah. single time. That was so exciting to watch that happen. It did mean the only unexciting part, I think, was when. They arrived at the driver who was on dead tires. The pass was very easy, but it's true. I bet it was a, it was a tracks like Spain and Hungary. Yeah, whether you don't really get that many of those. Hungary so. has been one of our races of the season for the last two or three seasons. Love you, Hungary. Actually, do one of the most underrated Grand Prix. Anyway, my point is here. I think the way that tires are viewed and utilised in Formula One needs a change, and I would like to see someone come in and, and give it that shake up. Harry is doing a shaking. <laughs> momentum sign but once again this is a podcast but where could they see you do it on the youtubes because this is being videoed it is being videoed and it will be on instagram and tiktok and twitter and other no that's it that's it facebook maybe nope well, I, th- I think we just automatically post to facebook i don't control that anyway yeah we're on <laughs> late breaking f1 channel we're on youtube we are on YouTube. Some of this will be on there. We'd really appreciate actually if you guys subscribe because we're trying to grow that. And you know, if you want to see full episodes and stuff, then you need to give us the feedback because we, we'd be open to listening to that. We are open and also desperate for views. We are. Well, yeah. Yeah. We're trying to grow this brand. We forgot we had a YouTube for a while. <laughs> it's quite a while. Uh, and then everyone who was, was subscribed is still subscribed, but just forgot that yeah. we do that. So Plus, come back. Yeah, no five-star reviews this time. Your job is to go and subscribe. Whoa, 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 to- no, whoa, no, whoa, no, whoa. just for one week only. Your job is to go and subscribe to YouTube, please. But also five-star reviews. And if if we hit, it's not going to happen. No, so, don't no, it's not going to happen. Anything. So I got to worry about it. If we hit ten k subscribers by or by the British Grand Prix, we'll do a giveaway of merch. Oh, thank God. <laughs> nothing stupid I'm not doing invitations again not quite we'll save that for something really special no we're never doing that again anyway again. so if, if you listeners go and do that we'll give we'll, we'll do a, a big giveaway and you could possibly win something but we'll come back to that another time um, we should probably do a giveaway anyway yeah well when they've earned it <laughs> if you would like extra content by the way we do have Patreon we do you get two extras you do extra episodes um, uh, every single month, which you, you never hear on the podcast to public or or on YouTube. Um, and also, if you join the top tier, you get another video a month. Be with breaking where we just chat life, racing, whatever. And we do a gaming night. We do a gaming night, which is coming up soon. What date? Soon. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Then anyway. It'll that, be soon. Uh, gaming night's coming up. We played some F1 last time. It was good fun. Um, and you also get a birthday shout out, which happens at the end of every month. If it is, of course, your birthday month. True. And what's the next Patreon episode? Oh, we're doing a history episode. It's episode two of the history series. Of the rivalry series. We're talking about Moss and Fangio. So if you enjoyed episode one. And you're not a patron. You're going to have to be. Anyway, we're going we're gonna to have another little snack. Sandwiches. Sandwiches time. And we're going to be back talking about Christian Horner's comments about an 11th team joining the grid. And we will be playing Real or No Real.
Okay, so our final topic before our new game is going to be talking about crushing Horner's comments. Of course, there's been a lot of debate about an 11th team joining the grid with Andretti wanting to get on board. He was drifting around the Miami Grand Prix, wasn't he? Trying to get himself around. Hello. Would you like another team on the grid? <laughs> I'm here. It's a great Michael Andretti impression. Sounds just like that. Hello. Anyway, Christian Horn has been on the old blower, on the old dog and bone. <laughs> and he's come out with a certain quote that said that there's not literally not enough room now for an 11th team at tracks like Monaco, where we don't have the pit space to have another team. What do you think of that? In our, you might want to get the bleep ready here. Oh, hang on a second. I've said... Oh, hang on a don't second. Don't worry, I won't rush you. Are you ready to go? Yeah. Also. Good. That was a test of the bleep. I've said, is it... Or does he just make a good point? <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, well, I, I... Again, I don't like to agree with Christian Horner too often, but I think, especially Monaco, and I think the other one he referenced was Zandvoort. Yeah. Um, and I guess potentially like places like Hungary. It's, oh, I guess, older school tracks here. Um, yeah, I think it's got a bit of a point. And I know people will say, well, but we used to have 26 teams in Monaco back in the day. But if you go back and look at that, it was carnage and they just weren't in the garages, basically. It was a mess. We're just like in a pile outside of the garage. It's like when the bin man comes and the bag splits. It's just (laughs) rubbish all over the the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bad day for the the bin man. Um, So I I do actually think he may have a bit of a point here. It does feel like a bit of a, it's clutching the straw for that. <laughs> Please, I want my money. <laughs> but that, uh, well, yeah, well, there's no room for you in here. <laughs> you can't come in. Imagine that. Sorry, Michael. Not so louding. Why? Why? I can pay. There's simply not enough room. Got no room. We're all too fat. I think, yeah, look, there's, there's some logic behind this, um, but I'm sure they could probably make it work. Monaco might be tough. But having said that... Get rid of it? No. <sighs> having said that, we we went to Monaco only a few years ago. I say a few. 2010, 2011. So we've been there for a long time. No, no. <laughs> for my point, my point is we went there in 2010, 2011 when we had 26 cars on the grid. 24, thank you. 20... No. When did we have 26 cars on the grid? When we had... When we had... Virgin, yeah. slash Marussia, slash Manor, HRT, yeah. and Lotus. But we didn't have Haas. But they, they were already, they were already, my brain's hurting. Who? I think there were already 20 teams. 20 teams? We've got up now. <laughs> no, <thank God. laughs> it's 40 drivers. <laughs> there were 20 cars. Anyway, but whatever, 26, They were more than what we've got. And they all fit. Yeah. So, um... I think we can probably get over it, uh, and and this just sounds like a bit of a weak excuse from Christian to, well, yeah, you can't come in because there's no room in there for you. You can't play with us. It does feel a bit like that, but um, I, I, the only counter argument I would give, and I can't believe I'm really supporting Christian on this point, is. It actually comes from, uh, you might follow Engine Breaking on Twitter, um, Dan, who is an ex Red Bull engineer. Stated, who used to work on the Red Bull car himself, stated that the reason why there now isn't enough space on a track like Monaco for new teams is because the cars are so much wider and the battery that they have actually requires health and safety around it to be given enough space in the grid, um, like within the garage. Wide boys. Sorry? Wide yeah. boys. Thick. Thickums. <laughs> Sorry? Got the bunda. Got- um, 
So yeah, the battery leaves the space in case there's a fire or something like that, essentially. And so because it's 10 teams, but they're all a bit wider anyway with the health and safety requirements as well, it actually takes up the extra garage space that the 11th, 12th team might take up. So whilst 90% of the calendar um, would allow for 11, 12 teams, and I'm very much in favour of having 11 or 12 teams, I really would think that that would spice it up even more so on the grid, which would be lovely. I do understand for this one circuit why his point makes some sense. I do not think it's a big enough argument that we should get rid of it. You know what? We should almost do something more savage and do like a qualifying shootout on the, a shootout on the Friday Shoot. and eliminate the worst team so they don't get a full garage slot. Eliminate, well, no, pre-qualifying. That used to be a thing back in the day. Yep. And I would, there are some teams in the past that have definitely, and I'm talking very recent past, that definitely should not have been on that grid. Yes. Right. Like, I mean, you look at Haas when Mazepin was there, really. What was the point? But go back to even, as I mentioned. Yeah, Manga. uh, Lotus slash Catrim, they were always seconds off. So yeah, um, maybe Andretti can just, you can come in, but you can't come to Monaco. Sorry about that. Or if you're last place in the championship, you can't come in. I, I do think that maybe something like that should be something, I know that's a, but maybe like a pre-qualifying to make sure that, you know, you get onto the grid and we've got enough space or something like that. Because maybe it gives incentive to be better as well. Be better. Be good. Anyway, so actually I think for this one point, Christian Horner makes a good argument, but I really do think he is scrambling, you know, looking under the mattress, what's by the back of the sofa. Oh, is that an excuse? Because <laughs> he's found one. It's crap though, isn't it? <laughs> Proper rubbish, that is. He's like, you, you properly shoved your hand in the, the back of the sofa. 2P. Yeah. Where, where's that bracelet come from? Paperclip. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> old food. Takeaway. Oh, there's an excuse. Andretti, have that. Eat it. You know, that's what he's done. That's what he's done. And I just, I really do think that he's, you know, it, it is a very good excuse for just for Monaco and maybe Zanvoort. But I think all the others, I mean, we spoke to obviously the wonderful friend of the podcast, Jack, who came on and talked about Hungary, if he had to commentate in a wasp's nest, bees, <laughs> whatever it was, I think we could squeeze another team in a garage at state of the art. Yeah. And also it's Formula One. You've got enough money. Find find a way. They'll sort something out. Sort it out. Pay, pay off someone with a fancy flat and put the cars in there. We are talking about Monaco, the province, which is literally building more land into the sea yeah. at the moment. They've gone, we want to be bigger. <laughs> We can't go into France. We'll go out of the sea. We can't invade France. They're too big. We'll invade the ocean. Yeah. Take that ocean. The Mediterranean is ours. <laughs> anyway, if Andretti have got 400 million that they want to spend on entering, give a little bit more, get yourself a garage. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I think that realistically, that's the way to, that's the way to shut Christian up. What is? Tell him that his excuse is rubbish. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Shove it, pal. Well, that's him told. Yeah, good. Christian, you make a lot of good points. That one, naff. Um, anyway, that's it for all the main topics. We're now going to move on to our, our game. It's very exciting. This is Real or No Real. Harry, do you want to play that theme song? Play that theme that's original. Not stolen. Oh, God, I've missed. Yeah, 
Here's my king, your host, Sam C. No Edmund. No Edmund. I've got a silly shirt on. <laughs> do we need to swap seats now? Oh, yeah. We do. We're swapping seats, everyone. No, not only is it a new game, Sam's going to do the soundboard Which for I've it. Which I've never, ever, ever done. Please hold, listeners. We should have put some music on for oh, this bit. Lift music. Kursky, I'm getting some lift music. Do, 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 do. Oh, God. I bet this sounds good on audio. That's <laughs> quite a bit warm. How big's your head? Holy <laughs> <laughs> hell! Look at the gap! <laughs> your headphones are massive! I have had to extend yours a little bit. A little bit? You only snapped bit. off. Right, anyway, folks, this is Real or No Real, where I am going to give Harry six scenarios <coughs> that have happened in the world of Formula One, both historic and modern. Do we want and to explain the concept of deal or no deal? Well, it's irrelevant, really. I haven't got a box, have I? Okay, carry on. But I'll get to the banker in a minute. Got so it. there's going to be six scenarios where Harry will have to say real or no real. And after each one, once he's giving his answer, we will call the banker, well, the banker will call us and provide the correct answer. He might say something else, who knows? This is not a rip-off of Ben's game, True or False, either. It's definitely not similar to the, the classic game, True or False. So, uh, you've got you know, one to six, as, as is the normal routine. What would you like? Uh, number one, please. Also, have you got a pen? Right oh, there do. it is. Sorry, have you chewed the end of that? No, it's not chewed. Right, number Promise. one, yeah? Yes. Okay. When Keke Rosberg won his title... Yep. Yep. He celebrated in a bit of a weird way. He bathed in reindeer milk and smoked a cigar. <laughs> Is this real or no real? You're going to put the uh, tension music on. <laughs> Harry, this is question one, round one. <laughs> Could you get off to a good start here? Well, Sam, I'm going to go with no real. No real. That's an interesting answer that you've gone for. <laughs> He's present both twice. Fine. That's the banker calling, folks. <laughs> Let's pick up and see what he's got to say. Very interesting. Yeah. Okay. He's <laughs> asked me to tell you. Yeah. And you're a little. Kirsty. He's also said. What's going on? <laughs> the tanking's building. I feel sick. It's correct! Hey. I can't get to the round of applause, it's gonna take too long, but nice one, mate. One point. That was a lot for one question. <laughs> <laughs> the tanks are gonna keep building. I got a bit carried away on the soundboard there, I'm not gonna lie. I think we should keep this on though. Just in the background Just the whole build time. a lot of tension. It's great. Okay, I love it. We should do this more often. Okay, you've got number two, three, four, five, and six. What would you like? Number two, please. This is scary stuff. <laughs> There's absolutely nothing on the line, apart from your pride. Okay. Number two. Lorraine Carter Cain. What's it on as what, please, Harry? The cucumber. Correct. That's not the question. Oh, real. Finished in 24th place in Valencia, making him the only driver to ever finish in that position. Real or Ooh. no real? Uh, I think that is real. <laughs> Attention Ooh. off for the, for the banker. Well, well, the phone's ringing. I don't want to overwork the, the <laughs> listeners' ears. <laughs> okay, yeah. Thank you for calling, banker. 
Interesting. Put tension back on. I'm still talking to him, please. Oh, Can you not interrupt the banker? It's much more important than you are. I'm tense. Good. <laughs> He's giving you an ultimatum. Oh, no. Would you like to change your answer? Her. <laughs> uh. No. Oh, he's decided to stick with his current option of real. It's correct. He's the only driver to ever finish a race in 24th place. Well done, Lorraine. Impressive stuff, eh? That is impressive. This is a great game. Are you enjoying it? I'm mad we should have got some celebration music. Yeah, we should have done. I feel a bit silly about that. Put the rave remix on. I will do at the end. That's how we go outro. All right, okay. Good. You've sported, sported that now. Sorry, folks. Good. Right. Anyway, <laughs> that's the tension. Three, four, five, or six, please. Uh, uh, number four, please. Number four. Oh, you've got to jump over it. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's all right, mate. <laughs> when Alonso was at McLaren, reserve driver Lando Norris made him a cup of tea in the garage. <laughs> Norris then decided to stir that cup of tea with an electric drill. <laughs> real or no real? I actually know the answer to this, but I'll, I'll, I'll keep attention. No, that's fine. Well, I've had a, I've had a great run so far, Sam. Um, I, I don't want to walk away with nothing, but you I won't. Could be on the one right. P if you're not careful. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the real. Hello? <laughs> He's just said, karma. <laughs> Now, you claimed quite confidently that you knew the answer to this. I do remember seeing it. What did you think? When you I think this it, is going to come up in a... I said to myself, Harry, remember this moment, because one day you'll be doing a podcast and Sam Edmonds will ask you... Never call me that again. <laughs> if, you're, if, we, if this moment actually happened, then you'll have to say, real. And he's correct, the answer's real! Wee. Three for three! You're in a great time here. Why is it still, what's happening? Hold on. Go back to the tension. God, these transitions are terrible. Um, anyway, you've got three, five, and six. Number five, please. Number five. Oh, okay. This is a great one. My voice is cracking with attention. It's so a, nervous. It's scary, isn't it? Yeah. When Max Verstappen won his first race, he got a bit drunk. And on the plane leaving, Daniel Ricciardo, of course his teammate, threw 53 grapes into Max's mouth <laughs> oh, across on. the journey of the plane. Max managed to catch them all. Real or no real? <laughs> Caught 53 grapes. In a row. Well, obviously literally at the same time, he didn't catch the entire planet in his mouth. It was, you know, the classic throw up, catch. Yeah, 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 I'm with you, I'm with you. I mean, I'm on, I could be on for a full house here, so I, I'm, I'm, I am worried about this one. It feels like you've thrown a bit of a, bit of a curveball into the... Or a grape. Into the works. I'm gonna go for. Gonna go for no real sound. Really? Interesting. Yes, Mr. Banker. You don't like grapes? (laughs) Strange. That must mean that this answer is. Correct! It's no real! Yes! Four for four. Hold on, folks. Back to the other music. It's so good, that's that tension. Sam, you're so good at the Noel Edmonds banker conversation. <laughs> it's unreal. Someone's on the phone, mate. What are you about? <laughs> I'm talking to someone. Because it is... It, well, anyway, this is for any people who've watched Noel Edmonds uh, deal or no deal, but they're just the random... Random, random she said on the other end. Yeah. Oh, dear. Anyway. Anyway, you've got two left. Three and six. 
number six, please. I wonder why I saved that one. This one's great. <laughs> and it might catch you out, actually. Okay. Yuki Sonoda lived in Milton Keynes for a while, much like yourself. We were roommates. No, you weren't. <laughs> after trying a pub lunch, he ate fish, chips and mushy peas. And after this, he told his trainer he needs a really big poo. Ah. Oh. Real or no real? Now, I remember this from Drive to Survive, but I don't remember if... It always changed it up. I don't remember if he actually says that after the mushy peas or that he hates the mushy peas. really tanks in here. Focus this this pulsar jingle is about a minute and a half long and I'm really tempted to just let it run. Egg it out mate. <laughs> Megan's not here to stop us. <laughs> Look how far we can fly. I know. No idea how far I can climb. <laughs> I can fly. Um I am I am worried about this. Oh the banker's calling early. Why is he calling me? Oh no. Hold on, let me just pick up. I've not answered yet. Hi, Mr. Banker, you're right. He's still ringing. <laughs> Excuse me, mate. That's the wrong phone. Hello, Mr. Banker. Sorry, I picked up the wrong line there. Um, you're right. He is taking his time. You're right. I know. It's very dull for the listeners. Tell him to. He said, hurry up. Okay. You'll do the jink like. No, no, he's on the phone. What are you saying? No real. Uh, sorry, Mr. Banker. I put the jingle back on because, you know, build the tension and all that. He's gone no real. What do you think? I know you love mushy peas. <laughs> right? Okay. Is he like Milton Keynes? Do you like Milton Keynes? He's got big. <laughs> he says even people in Milton Keynes don't like Milton Keynes. <laughs> right. He's giving me the answer. Okay. Do you not have it in front of you? <laughs> I've just got the questions, mate. All right. Okay. <laughs> And the answer is no real. Oh, five out of six. We're almost there. It was also a slip of the tongue because it's actually in the same episode of Drive to Survive. You can set it at different points. He also yeah. loves the mushy peas. Oh, I he thought he hated Gives them. it a thumbs up. Is there anything he likes about Milton Kings? <laughs> mushy peas. <laughs> I can relate to that. Um, you got one final question. Which one would you like? Pick number three, Pick my number lord. three my lord. Oh, I say number three, please. It's a great choice. In 1997, the McLaren was launched by the Spice Girls. Yeah, I'm sure you remember it well. I was one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because of this huge factor that happened at the start of their season, yeah. David Coulthard decided to wear Union Jack budgie smugglers every race for the rest of the season for luck. <laughs> Is this real or no real for a full house? Oh, man. It does sound like a... does sound like a... Uh... David Coulthard thing to do. He's a bit of a joker. I was going to say, bit of a joker. What a, what a joker. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Got him. Oh, this is really, really tough. This could be six out of six on the first ever real on no real. I think budgie smugglers, like proper, like by the pool budgie smugglers. Classic, like what a deep wife on. <laughs> wow. Deep on the wife. Uh, that is an image. And um, of course his helmet was the Scottish flag, so he's quite patriotic in that sense. Okay. So his helmet and, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me, folks. <laughs> wasn't me. Okay. Sam. Yes, Harry. For no money. I'm gonna go Just with Chris Pride. I'm gonna go with No Real. Oh my god. 
<laughs> oh, sorry, he miscalled. <laughs> I can't get him to find the music on, sorry. Let me just pick up the phone. Hello. Yes, it's the last one. This might be the last one we ever do as well, because I don't know what this game is being. This podcast. This, we might be off. Ben might murder us. Anyway, yeah, the final one. Yeah. You've, you've got a pair. <laughs> be comfy. Ask him about his helmet. Have you got a Scottish helmet? <laughs> right. Sorry, this is ridiculous, Mr. Banker. Can I have the answer, please? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, thank you. Sweet baby G is inside this Chili's tonight. <laughs> For six out of six, a full house. Harry Eid. You're correct! Woo! That's the wrong one. What's the celebration music? On the left. No, that one. Rave, rave time. That has been Real Long Real with me, Sam Sage. <laughs> and our very first contestant, Harry E. And our very last one. Yeah, never do that again. Get that off. What a load of crap that was. I think that was a roaring success. Kirsty, what do you think? Nod. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a... She thumbs loved up. it. She's loved it. She loved it. Absolutely loved it. The first listener. Wow. Maybe the only listener if she gets it all out. Don't edit it out. That was, that was podcast gold. Mm-hmm. Gold kind. It was podcast. Podcast bronze. <laughs> um, the, the ones at sports day used to get like four, five, six medals. Everyone's a winner. <laughs> That's this game. That's us two as hosts. Everyone is a winner. Anyway, do you want to do the outro? No. Sam, uh, would you... Thank God I'm doing it. Let try that again. Sam, if you wouldn't mind getting this out of here. Folks, thank you for listening to the Sam and Harry episode. I, uh, I think it's been quite good. I, I heartily agree. I don't know how long this has been. Um, if you, if you, no, no, up to it, the back arrow. Yeah. And again, that'll do. Yeah, like, over an hour. Wow. Huge, huge scenes. I mean, some of it will get edited out, but nonetheless. I don't think so. I think we've done all right here. It's all good. Anyway, folks, Ben will be back next episode. Which is on when? This yes. Is a, yes. Yes. This is Sunday. It'll be Wednesday for the... Imola GP Yay, preview. Well done, mate. Well done, you. For the Imola GP preview, Ben will be back. He'll be leading the show so you can all take a, a big deep sigh. Do you... Sorry to interrupt your outro. Do you know what the official title of the Imola GP is? Is it the Emilia Romagna something something <laughs> it's, San Marino? It's something like, and go and look this up, everyone. The Qatar Airways no. made in Italy Emilia Romagna GP. No. <laughs> that's so stupid they wouldn't how, how many more sponsors do you need in this GP also I also found out what um, French for sausage is oh that's a good callback what is it saucies saucies not saucisson no that's sausages I'm just on sausage you know understood so- saucisson is sausages yeah anyway great outro we do have twitter at Breaking. uh like Rick Everyone Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. You do this every week. Why do you not know what you're doing? Post the rest of the He's freaking flustered. show. Um, <laughs> join us, please, midweek, where Ben will be back. Thank Christ. And um, it's been a blast. Patrons available. Discord available. <laughs> Let me get out of this. In the meantime, I've been Samuel Sage. I've been a saucy song. Great. Keep breaking, late. Ben, come back. Please. Oh, I know, like, oh no! What's he want?
Italgus, keep breaking late. <laughs> Bye! Sports Social Podcast Network.